0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Sam, what's happening? How are you? Hello, gentlemen. Hanging in there. How are you? We're doing well, but uh, Jazz Nation's a tad bit grumpy, as uh, was Donovan sure. Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Mike Conley after last night's game uh, against the Sixers. So I guess we'll start with the refereeing. Sam, what did you think about what you heard and what you saw yesterday?
2: Um, I mean, I get the frustration, you know, and specifically the idea that, uh, like, Donovan had that one – rough hooking play with Ben Simmons, you know, where they accuse Donovan of the hook. And then you look at it again, it doesn't look too real. You got Royce O'Neal with the referee being or the official being in the way on the sideline, um, you know, Rudy, some stuff with Joel. I do get it. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say my other takeaway was, like, on the one hand, it shows, like, this intensity from that jazz group that I like. You know, in the fact that they're kind of declaring, like, we are for real and we're not going to, you know, take this you-know-what anymore. But on the flip side of that, I was actually kind of, like, in my head thinking about the elite guys in the league, like a LeBron, um, like a Kawhi, a Paul George, those types of guys on those teams that get talked about as the top of the West. And, you know... If I was in their locker room, I'd be saying, oh, boy, the Jazz are – was almost like they're, they're having to convince themselves, like, yes, we are for real. Like, it's a, it's a lot for a regular season game to get that um, – I don't know, been out of shape is the wrong word, but, like, you know, to have it – and, you know, attach that much meaning to it. So, I like it in the short term, but they, they got to make sure they recalibrate and, and don't forget, you know, that this stuff doesn't matter all that much. Even if they slide the two, three, four – in the standings, you know they just need to be at their best in the
0: playoffs. Sam, my opinion on this hasn't been the most popular on the show today because I think the Jazz. I'm not telling them to shut up and dribble. I'm telling them to hunker down and focus on winning, and not worrying so much about some bad calls. Because I know you know this, and and I know Jake knows it that in the thousands of NBA games we've watched, we see blown calls on a regular basis. And I don't think it's some sort of huge collective effort to get the jazz. You know, I mean, those were bad calls in my opinion, but that's life in the NBA sometimes, you know? It is. I mean, it's hard to, you know, I can't speak to, I'm sure
2: in Donovan's head, Rudy's head, they probably have dozens of examples that, they could rattle off, you know, top of mind that upset them this year. And then I'm sure that stuff was all the the root of it. But I'm with you that, you know, every team can sing this song to a degree. Um, And it's just, you know, the small market narrative is one that is not going to get you, you know, score you any points with the referees on the next night, not going to score you any points with the league. If anything, the one kind of admirable part, that I also thought was a driving force, maybe even more so than than uh, everything else, is that the guys on that team obviously have a lot of affection for Mike Conley, and it is quite remarkable that Mike has never had a technical foul in his career. <laughs> um, and so, part of it seemed to me that it was, you know, it was focused on that element as well. The idea that I think is fair that that if Mike complained more, if Mike, you know, flopped more and sold it more, he would get more calls. That's probably true. And so, you know, here were some of his teammates taking up for him.
1: Sam, I want to ask you about uh, the piece that you contributed to about the Hawks. Uh, Lloyd Pierce was, was fired. Um, And I, you know, he has such a great reputation. I kind of wondered about the backstory to that. And and, uh, you guys really did a nice job reporting on that whole situation and would encourage people to go read it. But I want to ask you a broader question. And this definitely played in in this scenario. How hard is it for head coaches these days to walk the tightrope with their best players? Because these these star players in the NBA have so much sway and are so important to these franchises. I got to imagine it's difficult for some head coaches to to figure it out to do their own job.
2: Yeah, it is. It's tough because even the younger players, Trey's a young guy. You know what I mean? And, and he had a lot of power in that situation. Um, I feel like every team that we talk about. I could tell you, uh, like, have a sense of where their coach is at with his star player, the number one guy. So if you go to Portland, you know, Damian Lillard backing Terry Scott to this point anyway has had everything to do with Terry, you know, surviving a lot of playoff shortcomings. Um, In my neck of the woods, we actually – we're going to write something on the Kings that will be out tomorrow kind of analyzing their situation – and it's a key factor that Luke Walton's still the coach, it, one of many factors, but like Aaron Fox, continues to support him and be very positive about him. And that's another element. So, yeah, with the Hawks, you know, very player-driven, but also the owner, Tony Ressler, you know, I don't know if it's the right way to go about it because he put a lot of pressure on that whole group to make the playoffs this year. And the front office responded to that pressure by handing out a lot of money to a lot of players that I liked their pickups at the time and they were pretty celebrated in the off season, you know, adding Gallinari, Bogdan Boganovich, you know, Chris Dunn, Rajon Rondo, all those guys. Uh, but it has not worked out like they planned. So, you know, Lloyd is the one who, who gets hit this round. And then if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, it's, you know, I think Travis Schlenk, the GM could be in a tough spot. Um, but with Lloyd, he's it's, 44-year-old, it's first-time head coach, and, you know, putting him with a, a young guy in Trey Young who honestly just, like, at this stage of his basketball life, has not really faced much pushback from coaches at all. When you're talking high school, or playing in Oklahoma, and Lloyd had chosen to be tough on him, and, but that was with kind of at the beckoning of the front office and by extension ownership, too, and... Um, Trey just didn't always respond to it. And, you know, it, it's, it is what it is in terms of like, all right, so they make the move. But to me now it's that, that locker room and those players and Trey more than everybody else, you know, now they got to look in the mirror. And, and next time they fall short, I think it's got to be
0: on them. Sam, we got a good look at Joel Embiid last night. Uh, is he a favorite for the MVP this year? What, what's your, what is your evaluation of his overall game and how it compares relative to the game's grades.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I wrote that MVP column last week that I think we talked about on the show last week and kind of had LeBron still number one by the skin of his teeth in that ranking and had Joel number two. And and if I was going to do it again today, I think Joel would be number one. Um, the, The health component is big for me. I think at that time he had missed seven games. LeBron has played every game, but it's you know that still remains a component. But you know he he's clearly decided to take things to a new level. And you know, and not to offend your Jazz audience, but because they they dropped that game. But my goodness, it was fun to watch him try to. I mean, it was so personal between he and Rudy Gobert. I kind of loved the old school component there, and it wasn't. I didn't think any of it was disrespectful it was just good old-fashioned, like, well, you know, the people say that you're the defensive player of the year, so I'm going to go try to get the best of you on that end. And the people say that, that you can stop me on the offensive end, so I'm going to, you know, call for the ball every time in the post and, and try to punish you. And and Rudy held his own, but, man, Joel put up a heck of a line, you know, hit that big three late, and then Tobias Harris kind of took over in overtime. But Joel, he's been tremendous. You know, I, I don't know still if – if he can keep it up. But if he does, then to me, like, I'm pretty pragmatic about the MVP. It really is. It's a regular season award for that regular season. So if Joel Embiid continues to play at this level and he plays, you know, 90% of the games from here
0: until the end, then he'll probably be my MVP. Sometimes, Sam, you know, it's high risk, high reward. But remember back before he was drafted, what was that, 2014, and people were worried about that foot? Boy, i tell you, if if everybody in the league right. had known how well, this was going to turn out, they would have gone ahead and let him sit for a while before they uh, reaped all these benefits at the Sixers again.
2: No question. Well, even farther back than that, yeah, I thought about this yesterday. Like, the process, you know, the Sam Hinkie led tanking for three, four years um, that led to them getting Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Like, all right, it hasn't resulted in a championship, but – that's not to me the only thing that matters in this league, and, and the Jazz are a perfect example of that. Like it, it matters that you entertain your fans at a pretty high level for uh, you know for for an era or for you know several years, and Philly's doing that. And now you know we get to see if can they be the best in the East? Is Brooklyn better? I don't know. You know, in that game yesterday, you know it felt like Philly was trying to prove something, just like Utah was, but. Yeah, I mean the process and all the pain they went through during that time, which you know Brett Brown and all those players that were so frustrated because you go out every night knowing that the the goal is not to win. Um, you know, it, it's it's uncomfortable, but it you know it did obviously pay off in a, in a fairly big way with with some of these talents.
1: Well, Sam, as always, thanks for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the All Star Game this weekend.
2: Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.
1: See you, Sam. Thank you very much. That's our friend Sam Amick uh, from The Athletic. And uh, I I mentioned this in a question, Gordon, but if you have not read his piece, and he worked with a couple other reporters, including David Aldridge on this, but uh, on the backstory story on what happened with the the Hawks and how uh, Lloyd Pierce kind of fell out of favor there, I mean, you've got to click. You've got to click with your your star guys. And he did not click. uh, He had— he was not on the same page as Trey young or John Collins for that matter. And and they did some great reporting on that. You gotta, you know, it's why keep an eye on the relationship between Quinn and, and, uh, with Donovan and, uh, also with Rudy, because that, man, that matters. You gotta have your, your top guys on the same page.
0: I thought that was interesting. What Sam said about, uh, upper management, uh, telling him to, uh, Pierce, to be tough, Uh, a little bit of tough love (laughs) with, with, uh, Trey. And then, uh, Who's there to back him up when uh, there's pushback?
1: Yeah. Well, it's just it's just not how it used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, where it, Jerry Sloan, for just one example, you know, the end all be all. It just it doesn't work that way anymore.
0: I don't have I don't have as big a problem with that as some old school guys because I've always thought that the best way for a coach to operate is is to communicate and to be. Uh, you know, challenging, but, but, uh, but real and, uh, and encouraging communicative uh, all that stuff, you know, Uh, you don't have have to, you don't have to be uh, some kind of, you don't have to be Bobby Knight, you know, I, I never, I never thought, I mean, I know that's, he won a lot. I get that. But that, that kind of coaching, never really seemed to make that much sense to me. It seemed like love would be a better motivator than fear.
1: But the, here's the hard part, Gordon, and, and I'm not disagreeing with that. But the hard part is somebody has to be in charge. Yeah. Somebody has to be making the decisions. And players are wrong a lot. <laughs> True. So True. How, do you, how do you balance that? I mean, when the star player comes to you and says, you know, I know I'm taking 25 shots a game, but I think 35 is the number I need to be at.
0: See, that's a different matter. And no, I, that's it's a, not. That's exactly no, no. what we're talking about. No, it's different than what I was talking about. I was talking about relationships and communication and the way you, uh, you, you work with players. But you're right. Uh, from that standpoint, if a player is going to unreasonably say, hey, I want 35 shots a game, well, is that in the best interest of the team?
1: In his mind, uh, it is.
0: Well, yeah, and, that, and, and that's, that's, a, that's and that's the hard part. Is somebody yeah. has
1: to be in charge. Somebody has to make the tough decision and, and deliver the message that that player doesn't want to hear. But right. that player probably doesn't think he's wrong.
0: But see, that's different than just being an out of control coach who demands discipline from all his players, but he doesn't really uh, adhere to it himself. Uh, and that is a that is an issue. I I think I don't know that. Somebody needs to get that under control or else Atlanta is not going to be what it should be, you know. But if, he, you ever, if, he's, if he's making all kinds of demands, that's going to create problems. I
1: don't think that was the problem in Atlanta. He just didn't get along with Trey. I don't think it was because he was some sort of tyrant. Or at least that's not the impression I got from reading Sam's piece.
0: No, I don't. That's <clears throat> what I'm saying. I'm saying that Trey Young wants more of what he wants. Yeah. And, uh, you know that's that's difficult to deal with